Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scores and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. Hope everybody is doing great as we are, you know, into the last month of the year here. Crazy. 2023, almost in the history books. And boy, do we have our wild 24 to look forward to. But before we get to that, I want to tackle a subject that I've been meaning to get to for a while. Because I've been seeing nihilism crop up more and more just in general culture, politics, personal conversations, society, and it really needs to be combated head on. So the title here is Zero Tolerance for Nihilism. And I want to start this by saying there are nihilists on the left and the right, but as with most things, the right is much worse. Um, And I will, you know, get to that in a moment. But let's start with the definition from Merriam-Webster. Nihilism, a viewpoint that traditional values and beliefs are unfounded and that existence is senseless and useless. A doctrine that denies any objective ground of truth and especially of moral truth. A doctrine or belief that conditions in the social organization are so bad as to make destruction desirable for its own sake, independent of any constructive program or possibility. So there's a lot to unpack there. As you know, I've done a bunch of episodes on practical ethics and developing ethics and operationalizing ethics. Uh, Everything in this podcast is about the fact that ethics are real, they're objective, even if they're not perfect and 100% consensus that they are, again, they exist, they are real, we can develop them, we can operationalize them, that truth is real, that objective facts are real that there's a lot to work for, that there are alternative pathways of of justice and truth and sustainability that are worth it. So this entire podcast is a kind of a program against nihilism. And so again, my whole worldview rejects nihilism, but yet I see it cropping more and more up, you know, in just kind of mainstream discourse. So I want to start with the nihilism on the right. So I think, you know, an interesting kind of pop culture reference here is the ultimate nihilist in American, recent American pop culture is probably the Joker from the Dark Knight movie. I presume most of you have seen it. If you haven't, it's quite good. And obviously that was Heath Ledger's, I think, final performance before he tragically died. And it was awesome. And, uh, you know, I tend not to like, you know, these kind of superhero movies, but that that's an exception. Awesome movie. And in that movie, Joker is this agent of chaos who wants to burn the whole system down and let chaos reign. He is profoundly amoral, psychotic, and relishes in destruction. And, you know, and that's kind of what makes him such a fascinating character to watch, of course, in a context of a movie. In many ways, however, the former president, our orange god king, is a mix of Joker and Homer Simpson. He's too dumb and ridiculous to actually be the Joker, because for all the Joker's flaws, he was actually incredibly smart, really a genius, you know, an evil genius, but a genius. But the former guy aspires to be him, right? He has no moral principles, no truth, and no permanent friends or enemies. 
He just has a pure lust for power and ultimately destruction. You say, see this the same lack of ethics and kind of worldview in the sewage that is Steve Bannon and Matt Gates, and even now in Elon Musk, who thinks he can play the Joker by you know telling the New York Times that Disney you know should go fuck itself and fuck off or whatever you know because he damn well has the right to promote promote Nazism on his platform. So if you look at the almost the entire conservative movement, nihilism is at the root, right? They hate multiculturalism, they hate pluralism, they hate secular liberal society, and they know they can't defeat it or turn it back, right? They can't turn the clock back to the 1950s, so they want to simply burn the whole place down. They have no principles. Russia was the evil empire. Now they're the protectors of Christianity, they say black, back the blue and law and order all, all the way. But then when it comes to beating up brown people, they're all good with it. But the moment they go after your cult leader, you know, for dozens of felonies, they wanted to fund the FBI. It's all about free speech and, and they, how much they hate cancel culture until they start deciding to ban books and drag queen story hour. It's all about freedom and states' rights until they realize that most Americans are pro-choice and then it's all about federal bans and destroying democracy. You get the picture. They are completely, 100% devoid of principles, let alone ethical principles, just any consistent principles. And again, let alone ethics, of which they have none. So the right wing in most of the world and in America, for sure, and exemplified by most members of the Republican Party, is a nihilistic movement with no moral center, no feasible goals, no positive vision, just chaos for chaos' sake. But whereas Joker has the admirable qualities of not trying to per personally enrich himself, remember in the movie he lights a billion dollars cash on fire, most of the grifters on the right are in it for personal gain, whether it's to keep their position, you know, they're cowardly because they don't want to lose a primary or they just want to, you know, grift off their your followers for some more money, right? And whereas the Joker put himself in harm's way, most on the right are armchair fascists who want other people to do their dirty work. Of course, with the orange god king at the top of the list, he would never in a million years, you know, put a, a hair of his head in harm's way, but he will lo loves to rile up the mob and get them to do the dirty work, right? The reality is, that most on the modern right are even less honorable than the Joker. They are the lowest form of nihilist fascist scum. Now, one positive thing to note before we take a break is that after learning about many of the right-wing fascists of the 1930s and 40s, mostly through Rachel Maddow's outstanding work in um, the, the uh, Ultra podcast and prequel book, I've been listening to a lot of interviews with her, and I started following up on a lot of the characters, these fascist characters, Lawrence Dennis, Father Coughlin, Henry Ford, who really were at the forefront of pushing like fascism big time in America for decades. And that once fascism was defeated in Europe by the, you know, the uh, allied powers, most of them actually ended up renouncing their views. Father Coughlin said, oh, I didn't really believe all that. Supposedly Henry Ford, when he saw the, 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 the concentration camps, you know, 
was sad, saddened, and said, oh, I didn't, I didn't want that. And this guy, Lawrence Dennis, this crazy fascist lawyer, you know, he renounced his views later on in life. So they kind of ended up going off into obscurity and dying without, you know, really going to the mat for their views. And, and this is a, a key insight, right? Again, because most on the right are cowards. Once they see their power waning, they'll quickly sit, switch sides. Oh, I didn't mean all that fascist stuff. And this is good news for us today in America. Because once we defeat MAGA next year in 2024 and Agent Orange goes to federal prison, the MAGA movement, I predict, is going to recede pretty quickly, right? The best and only remedy for fascism today is to defeat it today, right? We have fascism in America. We'll defeat it. And I'll, I'll get into this more in detail. But once we do, I think a lot of it's going to recede pretty quickly because once the cult leader is gone and once they realize, wait up, this isn't working, it's going to be, oh, I didn't really mean that. Oh, it was kind of fun. Oh, I didn't take him seriously. Oh, I wasn't a big Trump guy, right? You know, all this MAGA enthusiasm is going to, that air out of the balloon is going to recede pretty quickly once they're defeated. And so I'm, I'm, that's one kind of hint of optimism for something to look forward to and even more, um, you know, reason that we really need to give them a political beatdown next year. So I'll come back with my critique of nihilism on the left right after the break. People talk about me, baby. Say I'm doing you wrong, doing you wrong. Well, don't you worry, baby, don't worry. Cause I'm right here, right here, right here, right here at home. Cause I'm a picker. I'm a grinner, I'm a lover, and I'm a sinner. I play my music in the sun. I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker. I get my love and I'm the rock. Okay. So the nihilism on the left is of a different sort. And as I said earlier, it's not nearly as bad as the nihilism on the right. Most people on the left, except for a few extreme anarchists, don't want to burn everything down. And they don't want to promote chaos and violence for their own sake. What they suffer from is the nihilism of despair. Everything sucks. Everything is so corrupt. So they say, fuck it. What's the point? First off, let me say that I get this frustration and at moments, I feel it too. I feel that just like, fuck it. Throw my hands in the air. What's the point? It's natural to feel this when the world is so corrupt and pervasively so. And there is so much chaos and justice and destruction. But one of the things I continually emphasize on this podcast, even if sometime implicitly, is that we need to develop a warrior mindset, right? A mindset that doesn't give in to despair, even in the face of monumental injustice. And of course, this is difficult to do. Like I said, I am vulnerable to that despair. But remember what other groups throughout history have had to endure for centuries or even millennia to survive and to progress, whether it be Native Americans or, or blacks in America or Jews. Think about gay people who have been having to hide in the shadows of society under oppression up until just the last couple of decades. Think about the women the world over who are treated as second-class citizens and have to fight for basic dignity, right? 
There are plenty of people who have had and who have it much worse than most of us in the present moment. And they didn't give up fighting for dignity and justice. And we can't either, right? The, the right wing is ultimately cowardly because they talk revolution and all this extreme, you know, Second Amendment remedies and secession, but they're weak and mostly just want to grift off their extremism. But there is also a cowardice on the left of throwing our hands in the air and saying nothing matters, right? That's weak. And by the way, it's exactly what the fascists want us to feel. Their number one goal is to demoralize the good people so that they stop fighting and give up and sit on the sidelines so that they can then slip into power, often without majorities, right? People get so beaten down and so apathetic that they can just slip in and take the reins of power. And we can't let them do that, ever. Okay, so after the break, I'll come back with the antidote. Okay, so for the antidote, I want to talk a little bit more about that warrior spirit, which is the opposite of nihilism. It's the way I try to live and what I'm recommending for everyone. The true warrior spirit is to practice compassion and ethics in the face of cruelty and barbarism. To say to this fucked up, unethical world, I'm not living like that. I'm not going out like that. You can't bring me to the dark side. I'm going to be kind, loving, and respect all life, even as you try to burn it down. And even if we ultimately lose, look, we might, right? You know, the forces of chaos have it easier. It's easier to destroy than to create, right? It's easier easier to kill than to give life, right? It's just easier. That asymmetry is what the warrior has to contend with. So even if we lose and the bombs are falling from the sky, You know, the warrior goes and hugs a stranger, pets a cat, smiles at the world, right? And into that last breath is trying to put compassion and love into the world. That's the warrior ethic, unstoppable compassion and love for life, generosity, assistance, charity, right? We need more of this and zero tolerance for nihilism in all its forms. And again, if you can live like that, it's hard. Right? But if you can have the true warrior spirit, not the macho, I'm going to beat people down and I'm fucking tough. That's not warrior. That's bullshit. That's fucking empty, toxic masculinity. The warrior spirit is to protect the vulnerable, to help people. True compassion. Protect all life forms. Right? Don't torture beings. Don't torture sentient beings. Right? To protect them, to love them, to honor them, to respect. That's the warrior spirit. And if you can live like that and you can maintain that, nobody can ever take that away from you. Your mark in the universe will be as someone who stood for life and respect and you never got sucked down into the darkness you know, of nihilism. And I think that just in of itself is a worthy way to live and gives your life meaning and purpose. 
So with that, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And with that, everybody, I hope you have a great rest of the week. Take care. Be well.